Hey, hey, and welcome to the 125th issue of the Three Old Geeks podcast. We decided to do a little bit of a lineup shake-up like the Avengers. We're joined by the usual cast of characters and a very special guest. First of all, the Ruinator and the Contrarian, the numbers guy and the keeper of the intersect of Keith of Keith's comments. Keith, how are you? Oh, I'm ready to ruin this one. Let's go. Business as usual. And of course... <laughs> The clown prince of collecting, the man who's always wrong with the whole his collection, the dirty old geek, and the pictures guy, Brian, needs one, Brian, how are you? I am well, thank you. You need less ones now. I need less ones. Thank you, C2E2. We'll talk about that. <laughs> and of course, our returning champion, and our number one online fan, Mike. Mike, how you doing? Don't you mean our... One fan I'm it's our, 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 <laughs> So I'm in a returning team. That's why he's the number one. Mike, I got a question for you. Yes. You know anything about mixing podcasts? I do not. Oh, damn. You could have took my job. I am, of course, <laughs> the long-suffering world's oldest kid sidekick. I am the words guy. My name is Lance and Brian. You can't treat women like guys with breasts. <laughs> and welcome to another issue. Brian, do you have uh, do you have news for us? I do. Um, first, the exciting news for me, uh, and for those of us who are are into it, Frank Miller has finally come out with New Sin City. Really, or is coming out with the New Sin City. Sin really? City, eighteen fifty eight. It's set back in the Wild West days. Ooh, yeah. So it'll be interesting. Uh, he has promised many series over the years and has never delivered on any of them. Well, I hope it's the good Frank Miller shows up for this. I one. hope so too. But then, if he doesn't, they also have the meeting of the maestros, Miller and Manara, 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 Milo Manara. You guys aren't as excited about this as I, I don't am. even know who that is. Oh, he's a he's an awesome artist. He's an Italian. Yeah, he's Italian. He draws a lot of erotic art. Okay, Italian Frank Cho. Cross hatching. Is a lot like yes. Frank does. Though. Yes, or but Frank, his women are are um, more petite. They're more yeah. They're more they're more realistic. Petite. They're more yeah. They're more realistic. More French. He or he got in trouble for the uh, Spider Woman Spider Woman cover. cover where, Remember the cover ah, where she's coming that, over. Okay yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, that now was the big. Say that yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah and Frank Cho did a million and one different variations on that <laughs> yeah, cover. Yeah. <laughs> Which was some of the funniest shit ever. So, uh, so that's the big news for me. Uh, I, I'm excited to see if the good Frank Miller shows up, which he usually does for Sin City. I'm a big fan of those books, and of course, um, oh, I'm a huge fan of those books. Yeah. Then we have the the uh, groundbreaking, huge. Uh, I can't even. I don't even know how to put it exactly into words, but. Uh, the old geeks took a field trip to C2E2. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about that later, but uh, that was big news. Uh, we rocked. We rocked. Whatever the opposite of rocked is, is what we did. We'll, uh, we save spun. it. <laughs> <laughs> I limped a lot. But that was big news. And then um, there was a passing this week that uh, deeply affected me as, uh, as I was a huge fan. And uh, she was set to come to Chicago just before uh, she canceled. 
to go to, and I had planned to see her. She had to cancel the tour to go back home. And, uh, and so, unfortunately, she never made it back. Uh, but Olivia Newton-John, that's just a huge... That's a big one. First, uh, first album I bought was Grease. First actual album. I actually, of all things, I one of the, I probably the only musical I have ever seen in the theater was Grease. You didn't see Xanadu. You didn't go Xanadu. Rocky actually, Horror Picture Show. Xanadu. Uh, <laughs> like I said, the first. You the, can't see the hand motion. <laughs> no, to, to, the, the first musical, the first musical okay. I ever saw in the theater, the second musical I ever saw in the theater was Rocky Horror. Uh, well, I, at one point, before my life of loss, uh, owned all the Olivia Newton-Johns, including the Japanese Export Live album. Wow. Wow, dude. Yeah. Oh, no. I was a huge Olivia fan. Huge. Just listening to her the other day. Oh, so, goodbye, my love. All right. So, like you said in the news, Brian, uh, we the three old geeks did have a field trip, and Mike was there as well. We went to C two E two, courtesy. So uh, the junket was sponsored by Keith's Comics. <laughs> Got junk by right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was the first convention for me. I had actually pulled out my quote unquote convention <laughs> bag and pulled out uh, the badge from the previous C two E two, and I think you said it was twenty eighteen. So my first one in four years. Obviously, there was some extenuating circumstances there. And yeah, that was, uh, we went on Sunday. It was, uh, it was a thing. <laughs> wow. So what was, uh, well, people, just, I'm not a big fan of people. And especially that many people in that condensed space. So that's oh, just, man. but that's you, just. You need to go to San Diego. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Unless they resurrected Julie Newmar or something like that. But anyways. Uh, what was the overall opinion of the convention, gentlemen? I thought, compared to previous C2E2s, the fact that it was the aisles were wider, it was more spaced out, and it feels so claustrophobic. Oh, really? Yeah. It, I know I kind of agree with you on the, the people part. You know, it's kind of trying to look at booths or look for comics and you're boobs. shoulder to shoulder with, the, with other people. It's not exactly... Uh, a fun time, but I think, you know, they got rid of the red carpet and made it a little bit more uh, wider, you know, so I thought that was a little bit better, but it seemed to be a, a lot less uh, vendors than in years past. I mean, the big publishers weren't there, Marvel wasn't there, DC wasn't there. Well, San Diego's two weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. And they had big booths there, so to rip them down and, and they, set them they, up somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, but you would think, and like, why would they schedule C2E2 two weeks after San Diego? I have a lot of questions about their scheduling, yeah. Why did they have it two weeks before Christmas last year? I don't know. Apparently next year it's going back to March. Yeah. So I. That's why they had it, because it's halfway between December and March. Trying to move it back, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was poor timing. Same weekend as Gen Con. Like yeah. The biggest gaming convention ever, you know. It just makes no sense. Could have fooled me because there were still plenty of people there. Oh, you should see it. Yeah. I thought it was, and I was there Friday and, and Sunday, but I thought Friday was really slow. Friday was, yeah, slow. Friday was really yeah. slow. If you want to get something done, Friday was a good day yeah. to do it. There wasn't a lot of people there Friday at all. 
I didn't think it was that packed. No, it wasn't. I mean, I, I didn't no. feel... Uh, towards the... Right towards, like, the end, we left at, like, 2 o'clock or whatever. I thought, like, between, like, noon and 2, it was as crowded as I've ever seen a convention. And then again, I've never been to San Diego or anything like that, so... I don't think it's as crowded as it's been past. I, I agree. But, yeah, I just thought it was... I don't know if it was a fact of the aisles being wider and spaced out, or well, that, yeah, less people or both of them, but it just seemed a lot less congested than in years past. And well, I've, I've been going for the last 13 years. I've been going since it opened, yeah. yeah. So I felt like about a million years old. You did? I did. Uh, yeah. Well, I Brian walked like he was. <laughs> yeah, Brian's knees are about a million years old. The best way I can describe it is I was we were waiting for you. We had lost you. We were waiting for you. We were in Arthur's Alley, and uh, there were two gals dressed like the identical character. They had blue, long blue ponytails or, or pigtails. Like there was a braid. They were they had cut off shorts and some sort of tattoo on their arm. And they were like these these two you know eighteen twenty year old gals. And they're like, hey, we dressed the same. And you look so good. And I'm sitting there going, I have. There's two of you. And I have absolutely no idea who either of you are. There, Tinks. there was a lot of anime there. Yeah, it was. Oh, there yes. was. It was really it was anime. Heavy. Huge anime. Yes. Yeah. Even a lot of the artwork and artists and, and the, yeah. the the uh, vendors were selling a lot of anime and anime T-shirts and anime statues and there was a ton of anime. Anime's beating the shit out of American comics. Yeah, I was going to say, just, yeah. uh, it's just showing. But I did. Uh, it was Jinx. They were Jinx. Oh, okay. and I love that character. And what character is that from? League of Legends. Oh, okay. What was that? Oh, so video game characters. They're video game characters, but they had the the show on HBO, and I can't remember the name of it. I enjoyed the shit out of it, and Arcane. you guys wouldn't. Uh, what was it? Arcane. Arcane. Uh, thank you, Brandon. You're welcome. He's like the producer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> In his booth. In his booth. It's Arcane. It's Arcane. Arcade. Uh, we don't have teleprompters anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, we got rid of those. We've just we just rolled this off. I well, after you that tell, after that bloodbath at Warner Brothers Media, I mean, we just got our budget cut. So, yeah. <laughs> Arcane, which was a great little series that they put out that uh, explained those characters, and I thought it was wonderfully done and really enjoyed it. She's kind of um, she's more the female Joker than anything else. Oh. Yeah, looks like Harley. Okay, like she, but she's Joker. Yeah, there was a lot of Eddie. There was at least two dozen Eddie Munsons from uh, Stranger Things, mm. and the and the Hellfire Club T-shirt was the predominantly popular T-shirt. Yes, yes, yes. It was. yes. In fact, we went looking for one, couldn't find one. We were going to buy one for my daughter, and all sold out. <laughs> wow! Um, so we'll have to get it online. So you you, however, our Brian. Has all in several uh, runs. Yes, I did finish uh, a number of, thanks to Keith, who was just like a little demon going through boxes. And by the way, Keith at this thing was Fonzie. Yes. <laughs> Keith was Fonzie. Yes. He knew yes. everybody. Everybody. He was hooking Stop people him. up. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was actually shocked people weren't asking you for your autographs. Yeah, there were they people. They probably listened to the show. And... <laughs> no, no, they don't. Yeah, they don't. And ostensibly, we went there to market for the the, the program here, and we hand I handed out one business card. We are we are 
hugely bad at this. I did. I hate that one also. So yeah, we. All right. So that I was going to ask you for the business cards, and I was going to hand them out at the tables where people are eating, and I forgot to do that. So even our guest star is terrible at marketing. All right, but Brian, you had finished a, you had finished a couple of runs. Get too big. I did. I finished. Uh, I got a, a Supergirl run. Supergirl volume f- two is done. So now uh, all I'm really missing issues on. I've got is the rest of your collection. No, no. I got Supergirl volume one is done. Supergirl volume two is is done. Supergirl volume three is done. I need Supergirl volume four. I've got volume five. I've got volume six, and I've got volume seven. So I have all of those nailed down, plus a number of the um, uh, the specials and annuals. Working a lot on the Superman family um, and the action and adventure comics, which are going to take me forever. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a long time because that's where they predominantly told her story. But that was, yeah, the big ones, the, the, the Supergirls, knocking those out. I always love knocking Supergirls out. <laughs> well, you can even use your condescending laugh on yourself. Wow, <laughs> Keith, did you uh, did you n- nail down anything? Well, maybe uh, you get a laugh track, a proper laugh track. Um, don't tempt <laughs> you. I can find one. <laughs> of course, again, I didn't really pick up a lot of stuff, but it's it's what I do at shows. I go look for other people. So I did get a commission, uh, Serena, and I don't I. How do you pronounce her last name? Oh, put me, put that on me. Yeah. How do you, as, as a friend of hers that has yeah. known her for many, many years, I would assume I you know could pronounce. I know her Serena. Did you, did you get your commission? I have not gotten it yet. Okay. Did she, she didn't drop no, it off no. because Keith would have t- but tossed you it. Saw me with it, it, right? I saw it. It's on TikTok. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I am so excited. And let me guess, it was Captain America. No. It's a Tana. It was Flag Smasher. <laughs> it was Flag Smasher. Everyone knows that. Mike, how was your convention? Did you, did you complete sure. any runs? Did you pick anything up? I picked up uh, some issues of Flash. I'm working on uh, Flash Volume 1, so now I'm into the, the harder-to-find... Carmine Infantino stuff? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Plus, I, I'm very picky about finding the back issues in good condition, and you know I'm not going to pay high money for it's got writing on it or tape got on it. it so you're not looking for readers stuff. you're looking for good, good no, stuff. I'm looking for good stuff to keep so i got i'm all the way back to i think consistently to 195 wow. wow so i'm going past that now so it's getting a little bit harder and more expensive so you need oh, to yeah. hire out lance to find your books because he's like a forensic scientist Holy when he's Jesus, looking at his yeah. books he i think he was Radioactively, but know, Lance had two books to get. I only and he had, got a book. I only had two books because, of course, Keith sprung this on me. You know, before I had a plan put together, and I, I don't take a shit without a plan. But yeah, <laughs> I, I got two. What's the best way to put it? Like stunning issues uh, for the price that I wanted. It is one of my favorite supervillains, the Scorpion, taking on two of my su- favorite superheroes, Daredevil and Captain America. Uh, ironically, both the interiors were done by Gene Colon. The Daredevil cover for 86 was done by Gil Kane, one of my favorites. Yeah, just a couple of really beautiful uh, beautiful copies for the price that I wanted to pay, and uh, I'm, I was really happy. It was black lighting. I mean, it was amazing. It was yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that kind of... Uh... If I'm spending the money, I'm getting decent product, unless I'm getting readers. So my, and my and you look through my Avengers run, it ain't that nice. Yeah. I, you know what? And I, yeah, most of what I got is readers, and I, I don't mind. However, I saw a slabbed copy of 
Avengers number one. That was like a, a 2.9. Mine was nicer than that, and I paid, like back in the day, I paid 300 bucks for that, so... I, uh, what was it selling for? I they, it was one of those where I'm sure the price the, the, the twelve thousand dollars was on the back or something like that. Yeah, they had a, a Matt Baker at one point eight, and not that I buy slabbed, I would have bought that slabbed. Um, they did not have a price on it at all. Yeah, <laughs> I have also, a feeling that was probably one of those. If you have to ask, you can't afford, you can't it, afford type, it. Type yeah. of a deal. But just that's the only copy of a Matt Baker book I've ever seen. But it was fun. It was fun. I hadn't I hadn't been to a convention in a long time, and uh, it was great to be amongst the people again. So we going again next year? F yeah. Oh, I don't believe you, Lance. Are you going? <laughs> if I can you give, have time to plan it if, out now. If, hey. if you give me a week's a, a more than a week's notice, yes, I will have a better plan. Let's all it, meet it, in it, Indiana. It. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even find Indiana. Indiana's, Indianapolis. I don't, I don't, if you look at it, uh, Brian, uh, Indiana's to the right of the map. I don't, from I, don't, yeah, I don't know how you get to Michigan, but somehow you don't go through Indiana. Did you, did you guys talk to any artists, anybody that really stood out? It was. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, we spent as we spent more time in Artist Alley than I have spent in Artist Alley in any convention I have ever been in. And, I, uh, I and saw I knew, Joe Rubenstein. I, I, and I, Joe Rubenstein was, was, and Chris Claremont were the two guys that I, I knew nobody else. Oh, Dan Parent from the Archie comics. It was fun to see him. I actually saw Scotty Young at this convention, yeah. which is the first out of the last, I think, three conventions I've been to. He's usually not at his booth, but he no, was there of, this time. A lot of times he's at the Marvel booth with the big yeah. line that goes around the yeah. time. I was uh, I had a chance on Friday to talk to Tony Daniel and I bought some prints from him. Uh, had him sign a a book. Uh, got the his Daredevil number one variant cover. Uh, talked. I saw Donny Cates was there for a little bit and I saw um, Ryan Stegman and then talked to either one. But I mean Tony Daniel was so nice. We bought one of the prints and it was a full Bat Family shot. <laughs> And he starts to sign it, and he goes, wait a minute. He goes, where'd you get this from? And we're like, right behind you, right literally on the wall. And he looks and he goes, "There's, oh, I can't give you this one. And we're kind of looking at him like, what are you talking about? And he goes, the whole top, all the heads on two of the characters, on Batwoman and Huntress, the heads are cut off. He goes, this isn't any good. He goes, I need, we can't sell this anymore. He goes, I already signed this. You can have this, but pick out any other one you want. Take it. I'm sorry that the head's cut off. And we're like, I didn't even really notice. It was kind of like, you know. <laughs> yeah. The top parts of their mask were, yeah. Yeah. So it, it was a, a little bit more than that, but I didn't really notice. But he was very apologetic. And I'm like, I didn't even know anything was wrong with it until you said anything. Uh, let us take Draw it. Give us another there. one. Go. Yeah. He was so nice. Uh, he talked about moving back to Chicago from uh, Florida where he was living. So, Oh. Yeah, I had, I had a good time with him. He was very enjoyable to talk to. You know, the problem that I have is that, and Lance and I were talking about this, I always have questions that I want to ask him, and it's like, if, if I ever met this guy, this would be what I want to talk to him about. And then as soon as I meet any of them, I have nothing in my head. There's nothing there. Ah-ba-da-ba-ba. You draw good. You draw purdy. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even, and so one day I've got to get over that. 
I don't know, perhaps if you went to a convention with the words guy or something like that, maybe <laughs> you would you would <laughs> you would interpret for me. I'd be, I'd be, okay. What he says is he loves your art, and on Superman two thirty two, panel four on page nine. Yeah, I'd what be, was your I'd, inspiration I'd be, for the pose there? I'd be your Cyrano there, uh, Brian. <laughs> We have a budget for earpieces. Where yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, All right, so, so next year we're going. We're going to do be- a better job at marketing, hopefully. And I'm going to translate for Brian. I, I yeah, really we don't. can't do any worse. No. Uh, we're giving it all to Mike. Oh, okay. Mike, you just got hired as the, this uh, uh, chief uh, marketing officer. Boy, we're in trouble. T-shirt guns. Yeah, we'll kill somebody with a t-shirt gun like the Simpsons. We'll get we'll get publicity, though. We will get publicity. Don't. Yeah, there is no bad press. Exactly. All right, that is C two E two in a nutshell. Check out check with us in uh, in March when we review C two E two twenty twenty three. All right. So for this edition of the Three Old Geeks World Famous Top Three List, we're going to ask Mike to join us on this one, and of course. When the homework was handed out, it was a little ambiguous. So some of us picked the worst versions of this. Some of us picked the best versions of this. So let's call this one the top three memorable last films <laughs> of famous actors. We're going to put an extra five minutes on the timer because Mike's here. And go! Okay, so my number one is going to be a bad. <clears throat> and that would be um, one of my favorite comedians and comedic actors. John Candy's last film, Canadian Bacon. I've never seen that one. Ah, you good bastard. Okay. Oh, did you actually have that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. right on. That's so, great. It was my number two. I also two. have never seen that one. Is it? I I just kind of took that as a bad version of like the Great White North or something like that. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Just not. Yeah. Just not, not up to up to snuff. No. Okay. You know what? He put out some dogs, but yeah, I would have liked to yeah, have seen him do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mike, why don't you go next, since you should have went first, since you're the guest. I always go first. Yeah, I always let Brian go first. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. The, the, the way you, you, the you one just stared at me, I always go first. <laughs> so he can steal other people's shit. Well, I, I went the opposite way. I went good, because, again, I, I did not uh, interpret, okay. the, interpret it the same. But uh, I went good. So my number three, I actually just watched this last night, uh, kind of uh, extra credit homework. Was uh, Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? He was just phenomenal, and it was obvious he was really sick. He was really thin in this movie, but how he didn't get an award for his performance is just mind-boggling. Not not an easy movie to watch. It's probably something I wouldn't watch again. But just to watch his performance as a, a, a trumpet player and and semi auto semi auto semi-biographical story of Ma Rainey trying to record uh, blues music in Chicago in 1927. Just phenomenal work. He oh, was wow. Just I've on not top seen of that. It. I was going to say, that sounds kind of good. Oh, it's yeah, something it, I want to watch. But... Yeah, it, it basically was a, a play, August Wilson play, and he does a lot of plays based on African-Americans' journey in the United States and, and different times. And in the 20s, you know, when they're coming up from Chicago, uh, yeah, the Great Migration. Yeah. The Great Migration. Ma Rainey is a big deal in the South. She was packing clubs and always had people following her. She was making money. She had the band that was with her. 
And Chadwick Boseman has, is a young kid. He's got a lot of uh, fire and a lot of ambition. He wants to go places. He wants upstyle music, up-tempo music. And uh, she knows how to get it at that time in history and how you have to work with the people in power to get what you want. And he has no patience for it. He wants it now. And some of the things that he says, how he deals with that, what happened to his mom when he was growing up and eight years old and it's just very powerful. It's a really good movie. So really okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Follow that act. Mine is, mine's <laughs> going to be a bad movie, bad, bad movie by, by uh, well, much like Brian's a, a dead fact, bad actor, um, Chris Farley's Almost Heroes with Matthew Perry. Oh. It's god-awful. Oh. It's, it's god-awful. All the... All the Last he had given were taken away in this movie. It was bad. It's. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be somewhere on our list. Oh, it should be. <laughs> hey, again, that's another one. That I don't. I don't even heard that movie. Oh. oh, yeah. They had tried to get. They wanted Hugh Laurie originally for the, the Matthew Perry's role. Oh, but I don't think it would have saved it. No. But yeah, it's a it's a horrible movie. I've seen it once, and that's all I ever see it. And, yeah, it leapt to mind pretty quickly. Huh. There you go. What's your number three, Lance? All right, well, I'm going to shock the panel. <gasps> because the legendary song and dance man, Gene Kelly. What? His last movie was, and I'm sure it's one of Brian's favorites, Xanadu. Xanadu! So why is it bad? Ooh, Xanadu! I hope the algorithms aren't that good, so we don't get sued. Oh, there's no way <laughs> that translates into <laughs> just yeah. Anybody pulls Olivia Newton John out of that? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Have them go to planet and keep a, a, a city above the yeah. That's yeah. That's... <laughs> Plug them in. Yeah, that... Really? You thought Xanadu was a bad movie? A bad movie in a good way, but a bad movie nonetheless. I'm not going to disagree with you. And what a it's sad coming up. Movie. It's coming up. It's coming up. Uh, it's it's a sad up. movie that uh, for Gene Kelly to end an illustrious career. A he groundbreaking. Was in, he was in, and I just caught the last bit of it. He was in a Three Musketeers movie as D'Artagnan, and I didn't realize it was him. And I'm going, who the fuck is this Jackie Chan guy? He was so fucking good as and. He was a swashbuckler, and he was doing sword fighting, and he was so athletic and stuff oh, like that. Oh, God, yeah. I was like, whoa, who are they? And my mind goes, oh, that's Gene Kelly. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He was like Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah, Anyways. super athletic guy. Well, I saw, doing research on this, I did see his name come up for Xanadu, and a little tidbit was he really liked doing the part in the movie, and he was very upset that the movie was ridiculed the way it was. Because he was like, there's some really good things and movement and dance in Mike, this movie. You, you will have to come back when we review Xanadu. is like eight episodes from now. You okay. have to come back and re review Xanadu. All right, Brian, what's your number two? My number two. I am going to go number with... number one, I'm sure. Go. Now, I have not seen this film in many, many years. Uh-huh. But uh, Joan Crawford in Trog. I've seen that come up when I was researching this. I've seen that come up. I need to see this movie now. <laughs> I need to see this movie. Wait, you guys research this shit? 
don't you? I just go off. He memories. just looks. He go. He looks at his DVD collection. Yeah, I do. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I don't have Trog. I don't know. I might have Trog. What is Trog? Bigfoot, caveman kind Thingy. of uh, yeah. monster yeah. movie. Bad. 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 And Joan Crawford was on it. Joan. That's her last film. Yeah. Got to be on a list, right? Is it on the fifty list? I don't think so. I don't think it is. Because probably because Tubi didn't have the rights to it. <laughs> Mike, what is your number two? Number two, again, I went with uh, what I think are good. And this one is a personal favorite. I watch it quite frequently. Uh, John Wayne movie, The Shootist. Yes. It's my number two. Good. Uh, good. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> good. I, I just love it. I can't even really explain why I love the movie except... Uh, you know why? Because it's almost because it's... Because it, John Wayne became, he was America's cowboy, right? And this was the dying of America. It was literally well, it, he, the story he, parallel to what was actually happening in yes, his life. Exactly. Well, yeah. not only and his life, also but ca- yeah, cast and yeah, he was di- Lauren, he had cancer at that point. And he was dying. Lauren of McCall, yeah. Jimmy Stewart, Ron Howard, Scatman Crothers, Scatman Crothers, yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard Boone. It's, uh, it's always yeah, it was, and it's everyone come and try to take down the number one gunman. Yeah. Who's I mean, dying I, of cancer. Yeah, And I love just the way how he's kind of dealing with it. And at that time, there was no chemo or drugs he could no. take. And, you but know, he's still smarter than everyone. I yeah. like that, that aspect of yeah. it, too. And he's still kind of, you know, I love the scene when he goes into the bar. And uh, he's, you know, nods at the three guys in yeah. the bar. Yeah. And the bartender goes out the back. He, it's his birthday takes a drink on his birthday and he puts the drink down and you just kind of you see him change a little bit and yeah. you see it like okay let's go yeah you know I, yeah. I, no, that's he, one of my he, personal he played favorites it so well yeah. yeah that was that was after he took my number two I switched that to my number well, two well so you, you took said it. bad movies I know Did, well, when, as soon as we said we're doing good movies two two came to mind so I I have a backup for my number two yeah, what is again, your backup for your number two should be my number one, but it's going to be my number two because otherwise someone else is going to fucking steal it. Uh, Paul Newman and Road Perdition. That was his last That was his last on screen. On screen. Yeah. Yes, that's what we okay. said we were going with on screen. And to my shame, I have still never seen this movie. It's on my list. Are you serious? I have, I have, I have said this regretfully. As every time this comes over a conversation. Do you want me bring it in next yes, week? Yes, bring it in next God. week. That'll force me to How watch it. Well, tell Brian to stop adding movies to the damn homework, and, and I'll watch a movie that I want to watch. And you should read the comic, too. It's really good. <laughs> tell Brian to stop adding damn movies. Is this the one with uh, Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Jude Law. It's a yes. great, great oh. gangster movie. Yeah. yeah, based on Mike Barron's comic. Yeah. It, uh, Isn't it's this a, one they shot it, in Dundee? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did see this. Based oh. on uh, the real people, yeah. So, yeah, that's my number two. Uh, I thought for sure it was you probably number one, so that's why... I, no, mine are all bad. Oh, that's right. Because I'm a negative guy. I, oh, um, no my shit. number two is the Hollywood legend, especially as a young man, Orson Welles was the voice of some robot on the Transformer in a Transformers movie. And I've never I, to be perfectly honest with you, I've never seen it. I I I'm not a I'm not a Transformers fan. However, for a guy of that a guy who changed filmmaking for that to be his last movie is a fucking crime. On the opposite end of the spectrum, like 40 years later, 
they pieced together his truly last film, which is called The Other Side of the Wind. It's available on Netflix on the uh, to kind of lance into this. That is a fantastic movie, and I recommend that everybody, if you're a fan of Orson Welles, even in the slightest, I recommend you watch this. It's got John Huston in it. It's got uh, an all-star cast. It's fantastic. So there, I got a good and a bad. And, uh, yeah, well, he destroyed himself from the start. But what a genius. How do you, literally, if you change filmmaking in your first movie, how do you follow that act? Uh, if you piss off the most powerful man in America exactly. in your first movie, how do you follow that up? And then you make Rita Hayworth cut her hair. Yep. What are you kidding me? And dye it. Yeah, and have Charlton Huston there, Mexican. Yeah, uh, that was his idiot move. You mean he's not Mexican? No. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> My number one, and I love this actress, uh, and I am going to agree with uh, what a sad movie for her to end her career on. And that would be Eve Arden and Grease 2. If you've seen Grease okay. 2. I heard there is a new wave of love for Grease 2 in the modern, in the What's modern wrong? era. No. Not that I've heard. Reproduction. Reproduction. No. There has been too much Where singing the- in this freaking <laughs> issue. Uh, where does the pollen go? No, no, it's no. There's no. There should Bowling, be no. We're gonna bowl there should be no tonight. love for this movie. We're gonna okay. bowl tonight. I've there, never seen this. Yeah, no. There should be no love for this movie. Michelle Except, Pfeiffer. yes. Thank you. <laughs> I was gonna say, does Michelle Pfeiffer wear like the the spandex pants? Yes. Yes. She's I might a, have to watch it. A lot, yeah. of pi- lot of pink too. A lot of pink. Uh, no, Michelle Pfeiffer is the only the only reason to watch this movie. And uh, but yeah. oh my god. What a what a uh, wonderful actress to end in that film. <sighs> she just would have stopped with Grease. Yeah. Mike, what is your number two? Number one. I'm sorry. Uh, number one. Uh, it's one of my. It's got to be my favorite movie of all time. I know it's one of yours, Brandon Lee, The Crow. Ah. Oof. If I was, if I, I didn't think. Of, I thought about this only negatively. And yes, that would have actually been my number one. I know we've had you've had episodes before about the crow and, and Brandon Lee, but uh, you know just had, just to see what he did. I was a fan. Watch Rapid Fire, Showdown Little Tokyo, and just thought he'd keep getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. And uh, he did such a phenomenal job. So. And the thing that was the biggest crime about the crow is like okay, you had mentioned Showdown Little Tokyo and and all the 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 action and the martial arts and stuff like that. He was a pretty pretty good actor. Yeah. Like I yes. think he if broke he would, away from his dad's exactly, role yes. in this movie. I think he would have been end up doing things other than kung fu movies right. if he would have if he would have lived. And 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 again the 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 re, the the, re, the cause of his death was was just human idiocy. Right. And that's one of the things that's so frustrating about yeah. that. Yeah. And you know, I agree in that he would would have gone on to do other work besides kung fu movies. Right. Rumor was, and I heard this a couple different times, that he was supposed to be the Keanu Reeves part in The Matrix. That he was up for that, and he, they had planned on him auditioning for The Matrix role, but for whatever reason... It would have completely changed. Yeah. I mean, it would have changed completely yeah, changed. Yeah. So, you know, uh, if you watch the Crow and the behind-the-scenes uh, stuff that's on the, the DVD... A lot of the fight scenes were stuff that he kind of came up with yep. and stuff that he uh, implemented and wanted, even stuff when he walks in and he's wearing headphones or earplugs, earphones, he doesn't hear the 
the guys in, in the apartment, he's like, well, why don't I have the music on? And that's why he wouldn't hear you yeah, know, yeah. The, the, the commotion going on. Just, I just think it's a huge, huge tragedy. Huge loss. Yep. Yeah. All right, Keith, what is your number one? My number one is, is a bad role for an actor who I, actor, comedian who I really loved. Uh, I still remember Day Her Died. It, it, it rocked me. Um, it's going to be John Belushi and Neighbors. I thought about yes. that one. Or neighbor, Neighbors. Yeah, yeah oh, Neighbors. Horrible, horrible movie. Oh, my God, was that a Yeah, stinker. and yeah. it's like he was one of my favorites growing up watching Saturday Night Live. All the movies they've been in. And, um, I actually thought Neighbors was interesting because him and they reversed the roles. Yeah. Roles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. played against type. I thought that was an interesting... Yeah. I, I'm not saying it was great. Thought, I'm not saying it was wonderful, no. it was, but it was interesting. It was a great yeah. concept, but the, the, the... Yeah, the execution of it. The execution, it, yeah. the movie was just a mishmash of yes. stupidness. Yeah, but I think if... if I understand why they wanted to change the roles yeah. and grow as an actor. I get that. Well, he had already done a more serious role in, yeah. in, when he played the Mike Royko character right, right. in kind the Continental kind of Divide. Divide. Yeah. All you had to do was say, okay, you want to want to have a smash movie. Yeah. You play the straight guy. You yeah. play the, the comedian yeah. and let it go and go from there. Yeah. But I think what what hurt that movie was them not wanting to do that. Yeah. Because I think... It, it had other issues in it too. I watched it years ago, but it, it wasn't other a great issues. film. It's I, otherwise, you know, the story's kind of all over the place, and things don't make sense sometimes. But no, not at all. But I thought of that one too. What's your number one, Lance? I just it's it's it might be the the poisoning of of the recent Basil Rathbone is absolutely one of my favorites. He was my Sherlock Holmes growing up. He fought Errol Flynn to a standstill in one of the greatest sword fights of all time. He was a fencing champion of the army in World War II. He was a legitimate spy. I, I, I just, he's one of my all-time favorites. And for him to show up with that goddamn stupid hillbillies are haunted house yeah. is hard. I, I'm sorry. That's just, it's the, it's the, I, 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 this, this entire list stemmed from the fact that this was his last Yeah, one. this was the impetus for this list. So I'm sorry just to repeat myself, but God damn it, that just sucks. All right. That being said, we have two and a half minutes on the clock. Okay, I'm going to throw out just really quick because it's a great movie. Three great actors, last film, and that's Ghost Story, the last film for Fred Astaire, yep. Melvin Douglas, and Ephraim Zimblist. Uh, and if you have not seen this movie, it is a must see. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you're a big ghost horror movie. Yeah. And this is this is a, one of, yes. you, you said this is one of your favorites. Before. Yes, it uh, it is just a great movie and a great ending for uh, three great actors. And I hope you dig back into their. I would I would add uh, Burt Lancaster and Field of Dreams. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. I thought that was a, a, a great final picture for him. And what a great role he was! Yeah, great, he was perfect in, it. in that role. Yep. Bruce Lee obviously entered the dragon. If not. I know it's a... Technically, it's Game of Death, but... True. Either one could go in there. Also, Spencer Tracy, uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yep. I mean, that's one of the classics. He was up for Academy Award with that. But, you know, if I had to go with bad ones, Robin Williams and Night of the uh, Night at the Museum, The Secret of the Tomb. I, I, I love Robin Williams. I loved anything he was in. His... Uh, 
one of the best comedians I saw. I saw him live, but to him to be in that movie was just kind of depressing at that point. What other ones? Well, uh, my backup for my number one was both, if you can take this as either good or bad, but you got to go with, and, and we've talked about it at length, Bela Lugosi in Plan 9 from Outer Space. Was that his last role? That was his, he died in the middle, of, he literally died in the middle of production of that. Because I, I, I looked up Bela Lugosi and Lon Chaney Jr., and, and I thought another movie came up on the list. Yes. But he died in the middle of filming. Uh, that's, or, 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 maybe I'm getting this confabulated with Ed Wood, and, he's, and it showed up on a list or whatever. But anyways, it was built. Let's put it this way: Ed Wood built it as Bela Lugosi's last, last movie. film. Yeah, yes, yeah. I, I'm not going to argue with that because that's what I always thought it was. Um, oh, uh, Peter Fonda on Gold, or not Peter Fonda? Uh, Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda on Golden Pond. Clark Gable, Marilyn Monroe, The Misfits. Misfits. That is our. Top three memorable last movies of great actors. Let us know what yours are! Alright, well, the podcast is about to get a lot worse because we are talking, of course, about the worst movie ever this week. And we are at number 35 on Tubi's list of worst movies, and that is Hillbillies in a Haunted House. I did not write down the year this was made, but who cares? 67. 67, thank you. It was directed by Gene Yarborough, written by Duke Yelton, and starring Ferlin Husky. I am not making that up. Joy Lansing. Would you? Don Bowman, also starring John Carradine, Lon Chaney Jr., and in his final... God, help me. His final film role, Basil Rathbone. I looked at that lineup of of classic actors. I I I, I was thinking Hillbillies in a Haunted House. My God, this movie is just on a bad movie scale. This is gonna be this is gonna be epic. I, I was so looking forward to watch this movie. And the opening scene is three country singers in the most hillbilly, shit kicking, convertible with bullhorns and six shooters strapped to it. Singing a country song. We're on our way. We're, We're on, on our way. way. We're on our way. way to Nashville, Tennessee. Well, thank you, because their version was much better than that. <laughs> and things just went downhill from there. I thought the jaunty escapades of Woody, Boobs, and Spats. It wasn't boobs, boobs. Brian. It oh, was no. boots. I, I, oh, I kept saying the same thing. Boots everybody, everybody knows boobs. it should have been boobs, but it was 67, so it, sh- it was boots. Wait, wait, no. She was replacing Jane Mansfield, so... I thought it was maybe Van Doren. Oh, no, no. In the original one, it was James Mansfield played boobs. Oh, okay. Boobs, Malone. And so that's why they went to boobs, because I'm sure she was boobs and... Yes, this Las is the direct Vegas sequel Hillbilly. to Hillbillies in Las Vegas. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so the Hillbillies are traveling to Nashville to do something. Uh, they stop along the way in a small town. There is no place to stay except for, of course, the haunted house. And the Scooby-Doo hijinks ensue after this. Did you hear where the they were headed? What city it was? It was Nashville. Yeah, but it was where they were headed, but the city where the haunted house was? It was like Acme City. Acme City, yes. and everybody had moved to work at the factory. 
at Acme yeah. City. Yeah. So I figured that's where Wally Coyote got his stuff to kill yeah. the Roadrunner. That's why they were all at work. They Come got, on, yeah. Mike, everybody knows this. Yes, so these three legendary Hollywood actors are the Scooby-Doo villains in this terrible, terrible movie. No, they're henchmen. They were actually they were henchmen to suit the Susie Wong yeah, lady, yeah. yeah, who introduces herself as you know Agent Agent Wong or whatever and gives her measurements. Yes, thirty-eight, twenty-four, or something like that. Yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah, that was a funny scene. I thought this was an inoffensive little stupid movie. I, I really didn't find I didn't find it to be all that terrible. I, Other than the fact that it was a musical featuring country music. Yes, it was all okay, right. Once they got to Jamboree, I could see where it drove Lance absolutely crazy. That was just that was just a, a rock and yeah, roll concert, concert footage. Yeah, that was just a concert. You got to enjoy a concert and a movie. Don't, don't forget the, uh, the the two bad guys at the beginning, where the cop is literally oh, firing shootout? a gun two feet. Yeah, in there front was Tarantino-esque shootouts. Okay. At the beginning so and the Quentin, end of this Quentin, movie. we apologize for what he said. <laughs> Wait a minute. So they, they start off, we're on our way to the Emory. And they, they start off with that, and then the song ends, and the next thing is just a gunfight. Well, we're fighting spies. Don't worry about They're it. They're all over the place in these here parts. <laughs> Long as you ain't got no secret information, spies won't bother you. What? But there's a shootout. And fucking, what was his name? Jeepers. 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 Not Specs or Spanks. <laughs> I had to I'm admit, sure I like the name. I like the name Jeepers. It, it fit the guy. Jeeps. It really did. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Uh, but um, he was tired. He's just sitting there while they're shooting. And the gun's like right in front, right in front of him. And the guy is tired. And, and the guy gets PTSD from it. <laughs> that they got to stop at the Beaufort Mansion. Well, you know what he was. I cannot believe too, I just right? pulled that out. Wow, see that that's was fucking that's crazy. That's the influence it had on you. <laughs> Where the where the country quintet just happened to be walking by. We heard some guitar picking. <laughs> guitar. We thought it was a ghost. We thought it was a ghost and it had to be a friendly one because he's playing guitar. <laughs> and of course, they break into song. Well, we'd was, love to hear a song. Cat, and it's cat about the cat. Away, yeah, cat, cat came home. The, the cat, cat came, came home. The cat came home. Yeah. yeah, everybody died in that song, but the cat came home. Yeah. And then, it was a happy do song. you guys know any love songs? Why, we sure do. Wait, would you sing one? What I couldn't figure out is why, whenever they sang, they were just in the worst echo chamber I have ever heard. They, they probably recorded, recorded at Sun Records or from, something like that. They singing from their diaphragm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. If you did that, you'd get the echo chamber, too. Uh, I like the white gown song that Boob sang. Boots. Boots. This has got to go on the entire segment. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeeper. She died when she was 44. That's so sad. You are so fucking morbid, dude. <laughs> what about the what, When was she born? When was she born, Brian? When was she born? 29. Two shake, pussycat. <laughs> yeah, I did like the I did like the white gown song. Uh and then it just uh, the height it, Lon Shady looked like uh, he was hammered. It looked like yeah. he looked I, like he, he had like a really problem with the drinking. He yes. could have been yeah. Otis. Well, yeah, from Mayberry. The, from what I read the last couple of times, he's been in different movies and some of their backstories. He was a 
huge alcoholic. He used to get in fights with everybody on the set, people in the studios. Big dude. Yeah, because he, he was drunk all the time. And he, he looked, looked like it. it in this movie. He looked it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Basil and John Carradine both look good. I thought Basil looked a little... Yeah, he, but he, he looked a little frayed at the edges. Frayed, yeah. yeah. Well, he saw what he was in. <laughs> yeah. How they got those guys. Sherlock would have figured this whole thing out earlier. Mm. John Carradine doesn't surprise me. John Carradine looked no. like that since he was 20. But well, being in it. Being in it. He'll be in anything. No, he, that he was, he was in those, anything. Yeah, he, he yeah. would do anything. Again, it was just a, it was an inoffensive little silly film. What was the purpose of the gorilla? Did I, did I miss the, having the gorilla was, in there? Uh, it, was, it was Lon Chaney's buddy. Right, but I mean, what, did I miss the story part, like why they had a gorilla in the cage? You needed an impetus you do not have... for Lon Chaney's character to to go into a berserker fury at the end. And yeah, I, that was kind of a, that, that, kind of, that fight scene was a little scary. Like, I don't know how much he was acting in that one. That was actually pretty intense, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the, for the tone material. of the film. The tone yeah, was yeah, a little yeah. a little up yeah. and down in these. Yeah, when they shot the and then and then the the mother agent him I kinda liked. I, he kinda looked like a square like Nick Fury or something. Yeah, like but that. he gets he gets boobs at the end. Well you come look me up when you're in Nashville. It's boobs. Mr. Agent. Oh boobs. He probably did get boobs in the end. You're probably well, not far off. But <laughs> when I promise a pretty little woman like you, I'm gonna keep that promise. That was very Andy Griffin. Yeah, Otis Jonky and Andy Griffin. <laughs> Who's Barney Fife? I just, Jeepers. Jeepers. I just I'm gonna watch some TV. Oh yeah, did you see what he was sitting on in the car? The there TV. Was a TV. Yeah. yeah. So it's I like, think it was funny that they had watch, the TV. Yeah, go watch some TV, you but he, he never plugged it in. He just pulls up the no, antenna just, and then it and then he's watching uh the TV. Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard. Yeah. Merle Haggard made an appearance. Two. Two. Twice. He did. He was at the Jamboree. Why would he not be? I just had kind of like what you said with John Carradine, Lon Chaney Jr., Basil Rathbone. I kind of figured Basil Rathbone. I kind of figured like, okay, this is going to be a a good comedic monster movie, right? Yep. Hillbillies just, in a haunted house. The uh, title all itself. All you have to do is read it's, the title, and you can't go. Well, this is probably going to be pretty good. No. Uh, Before <laughs> a, a B movie. House, in movie. a haunted house. The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. Yes, that's a good I one. Kind of, I thought it was kind of be like The Ghost of Mr. Chicken or... Something like know, Abbott and Costello meet the werewolf. Shakiest Gun in the West or Abbott and Costello. You know. It wasn't quite there. No. no. It, it wasn't was quite there. It was, but it was an inoffensive little romp. I, I didn't think it was... It made no sense. It... Again, I think like that, I think man. during during the '60s, everybody was trying. This was like the the country bear jamboree version of like a hard day's night or something. Like that. <laughs> okay, so which which is worse, this or the Fat Spy? I actually kind of like the Fat Spy better than this. Ooh, yeah, yeah, because the Fat Spy at least they they, they it was not country music. <laughs> well, plus it was the '60s or '50s or '60s country music. So it's kind of like, you know, they have both types. Country, country and, and western. western. Yeah, you didn't like the Blues Brothers? They had country music in it. In Done in a rhythm you know, and blues type of right, way. Rhythm, so. Right. I, All right, this segment's dying to death. What, what, what do we rate? Hillbillies in a haunted house on a, on a B scale. 
Two and a half. I get a three. Oh, okay. No, I can't call it high. If I gave uh, our previous movie two, I gotta give this one a one and a half, just because of the three I'll, I'll actors I'll... that were in it and and, boot, and boobs. That's about it. Okay, so here's my here's my equation on this one. It got made, so it gets one star. <laughs> John Carradine, Lon Chaney Jr., and my one of my all time favorites, Basil Rathbone. It gets one star. It was a musical, one negative one star. <laughs> It was a country musical, negative two stars. This is a negative one B movie. Oh my god. I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> I watched it twice. Wow. Why? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to call you boots anymore. You're definitely a boob. All right, that was uh, Hillbillies on Haunted House. Uh, I wish I could have my time back. It is sort of a uh, a sequel, if you will, to Sunday. Or no, this would actually be uh, a sequel to the worst movie ever this week, yeah. because we thought that man, Black Belt Jones did not deserve to be on the list. What a great black exploitation kung fu movie! We found out there was a sequel, and that is 1976's Hot Potato, which was uh, written and directed by Oscar Williams, and uh, once again starring Jim Kelly and a cast of no one else, and. Uh, Wow, this movie deserved to be on the list, not Black Bell Jones. Like, like Tubi should have probably didn't have the rights to this movie or whatever, because that's why Black Bell Jones ended up on the list, because this movie was fucking terrible. This movie was so bad, it almost made me hate Black Bell Jones. I liked it. I can't even figure I, out the title. What is Hot Potato? I was, hot potato, I was, what? I was no, thinking they said that it, too. What is the purpose of Hot Potato? What? They said it right in the beginning. Because they couldn't send troops in to get the senator's daughter, and the guy says, "Yeah, it's a real hot potato," which is the different. exact opposite of what a hot potato is. Yeah, because she'd be moving around, wouldn't she? Said one place, you pass the hot potato, right? Right, you but they had they were passing it. it. They were all passing it. It's a hot potato. It's not something you want. Oh, okay. So, so yes, a senator's daughter is. Kidnapped by Mr. Crab Rangoon. Crab Rangoon. Although, I don't think his first name was quite... No, I think exactly. it was Charles or Chris or... But he, he looked like a crab. He looked like a Crab Rangoon. <laughs> he was Crab Rangoon. And uh, he uh, spirits her away into the deep wilds of... Well, it was Thailand where they filmed it and stuff like that. And uh, they call in Black Belt Jones and his hand-picked crew of mercenary operators. It's the original 18. Chicago. Johnny Chicago. Johnny Chicago, the Rhino. White Rhino. And, of course, uh, Sergeant Pam from the Taiwanese police force. Yes. And they uh, soldier across uh, Hill and Dale to recover the senator's daughter. The hijinks. The hijinks did ensue in this one. Yes. There were uh, elephant rides, probably one of the worst Charge the Castle moments the I've ever seen. With the elephant? Yeah, with the elephants. Okay, so... With just any of them. It was like watching a forklift being used as a weapon. Like in, in uh, what was it, the Mike Myers, the Spy Who Shagged Me, or the yeah. second one, whatever the fuck one, where these guys yelling, ah, and the guy's in the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, the steamroller. Yeah. Steamroller, thank you. And he... 
He's driving really slow and he's far away and that's what that was the elephant charging the castle charge he yelled it for like 10 minutes i mean you had time to really to set up machine guns to but they didn't they didn't go with machine Build guns the walls. no but he sent in a uh toy the police, police car. car here's what i like about i could the... not figure out the toy police car to save my life i i i was it, it was an energizer commercial because it kept on going and going and going. First of all, it was hilarious how they kept going back to it. <laughs> oh, that's what the, the definition of hilarious. That is? was I, hilarious. That, no, it was not. Uh, and it carried it. It acted as a beautiful tie-in as it dragged you between uh, fights in uh, different places. So it was a uh, it was a, a, a segue a, a segue piece. I uh, get it. Yes. Okay. Into the different fight scenes that were occurring. Full my over. film card. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just did not see that. Yeah, uh, and that was uh, one of the highlight, the storming of the castle. I don't know. Oh, that was when they picked up the fake. Yes, there was the fake senator's daughter played by the <laughs> the actress who was the real senator's daughter. So Same actress, and yeah. she did a great job. Well, you know what? She reminded me of Blanche from Golden <laughs> Girls in the beginning. Daddy, daddy, don't let him kill me. <laughs> She's... Blanche is in this? Holy shit. You're making it Uh, sound too good. Stop. I enjoyed this film. I'm going to stand up and just say it. Okay. Here's the problem with the Black Belt Jones. Okay, first of all, Jim Kelly's a likable guy. Absolutely. Ton of charisma. Yeah, he's just a likable guy. There was the... I thought it was going to be the awkward love scene between him and Sergeant Pam. Uh, and then when he walked up to Johnny Chicago, I thought, oh, this is going to get really awkward. <laughs> it didn't happen. Spoiler alert. But um, he's likable. Black Belt Jones as a character is intriguing. I, I don't know what it is not about. Sure what he is. Yeah, you're not sure what he is. He's like John Sable freelance, kind of. I was going with I was going with they were trying for a bond angle with him, you know, kind of a, the the ass kicker with a, an eye for the ladies type of a thing. Yeah, it still could be a, a great series. It could be a great comic series. Oh, uh, I'm surprised. Michael Jai White uh, did um, he did the great throwback movie. And I can't think of the title of it. He did oh, gr- uh, Dynamite. What is it? Something Dynamite. Yeah, but Black Dynamite. Yeah, and uh, he did a great throwback uh, parody of black exploitation movies, and I cannot begin to believe that he did not have this in mind when he he did that one it's it's fantastic well i thought i so i liked the character i liked the actor i did not dislike the uh the characters in this i i could not figure out rhino i just uh, okay well, what is the purpose of you're in the jungle with uh the tablecloth around his neck, the short, whatever the poncho. Well, that was to hide all of his, all, all of the, the food, the, the the food car, that he had. You know, his sandwiches. Uh, I'm sure in, in the Thailand heat. Well, he was a te- he was an Italian from that. Texas, so I mean, there's a there's good explanation. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> and then and then and then, uh, you know, he hides the car in there, all the food. I, I just he wins a wife, it, it, and he when did. he took his shirt off for the fight, that has to be. The complete opposite of Jim Kelly's body when he's fighting without a shirt on. But he was the strongest one. He was he was kingpin. His, I mean, yeah. I don't feel too bad about my gut when I looked at Rhino with his shirt off. So, and um, okay, so obviously 
Jim Kelly, he, uh, national karate champion, obviously really athletic guy. They said he could have played plop, he, if he would have played football and stuck with it, he probably would have went pro. Uh, Johnny Chicago, who has no starring credits other than this that I could find, a talented amateur, if you will. Obviously, a little, yes. you know, not bad. The guy playing Rhino was the most uncoordinated motherfucker, and, and, and it was accentuated by the fact that these other two guys were fairly athletic. Even yes, yes. Sergeant Pam was uh, was a fairly athletic, you know, talented amateur martial artist yes, type of thing. Yeah. This guy was a clown, and, I, and that and was his purpose. The, yeah, yeah, he was, a <laughs> he was comic. He was comic relief. I understand that, but it 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 was embarrassing how uncoordinated this guy was. Oh God, yeah, and and how. Really uncoordinated. Any of the people who fought him had to act. Yeah. To, to yes. 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 Now, the I, I, Brian, I know you're a bit of an anthropology buff. Yes. What native, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, tribe, were the mimes in the Danskin unitards? Uh, if you know anything about Taiwanese culture. Okay. Uh, and if you've studied the emperor's court, okay. even a little bit, okay, that is exactly how. Okay, so that's uh, that, that was completely one hundred percent. That was historically actual, okay. accurate. Uh, from say, so where did they get the ninjas from? You had to be quiet, ultra quiet. Yeah, eighteenth into the nineteenth century. Okay, okay, when uh, the use of polyester was big in I Taiwan. See. Okay, so I thought that this is where the picture, the movie, The Warriors. Got the baseball. Because <laughs> the baseball series, because I think as you went through the jungle of Thailand, you kept running into all of these different Clans, tribes. Yeah. And, and they so had to get like home. The baseball Furies, they had to get home. Uh, I kind of think like, oh, so, this is you know what? The Warriors before Warriors, Warriors came out in '80. I could see where this. Uh, oh, I could see where this was an influence on it. There you go, Mike. Oh, that oh. was beautiful, right? man. That if I ever you, like you were just saying, just saying, Brian. If I ever get a chance to ask Walter Hill, hey, dude, did you ever see Hot Potato and did it have an influence on Warriors? That's going to be one. But, but my only question to Walter Hill, if I ever meet him, there you go. I um. Wow! I now I'm seeing it. I'm seeing. I'm surprised they didn't have crab rangoon at the end with the bottles. Black You had the bells. You had the bells, though. Or at least. Oh yeah, you had the bells. Yeah, but you could. It was so uh, philosophical. He could be saying, "Can you dig it?" (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, and then he kept spouting philosophical lines. I thought this was a better movie than Black Belt Jones. I had fun with this movie. You, sir, are a heathen. <laughs> that being said, what? How do we want to rate this one, boys? Is this one on the on the uh, on the B scale? Is it on the Five Deadly Venom scale? Is it on the? Oh, this has got to go on the B scale. Okay. Yeah. So, Mike, what? Uh, you being our guest, what do you rate uh, Hot Potato on the B scale? On the B scale, I would say it's a two. Okay. So it was at least it was watchable uh at points so it was it was entertaining at points so it had good parts but yeah it's a solid two for me i'm giving it a three and a half i was going to give it a three but uh mike's tie into the warriors see i was going elevated it in my mind i was thinking more taiwanese band in the hand but i think you're right i think it is warriors so yeah keith how many bees uh I'll give it uh, two Bs, and I would give it one Buddha's palm. 
for the for the for the actual martial arts stuff. Because besides Jim Kelly, everyone was, yes, yeah, Jim Kelly's Jim Kelly's his usual fantastic self. I hated every other thing about this. But God, this is you know what it got made. One B, half a deadly venom. This one should have been on the list, not Black Belt Jones. Give it a watch. Your mileage may vary. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right, so we've been following along with my new favorite series on the Paramount app, and that is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and we just watched episode six, and this is a classic title. Lift us where suffering cannot reach. If there was ever a Roddenberry script that was redone in the modern age, this was it. Except for the ending, which I thought was really kind of dark and cool. So yes, you have uh, the Enterprise getting a distress call from a, uh, a shuttlecraft. Uh, they rescue the shuttlecraft, and uh, they discover the, there's a boy called the First Servant. And... Uh, the planet has an old, and this is like such a total like Kirk thing. That the the planet security chief or whatever is an old girlfriend of Christopher Pike. Laura, and yes, so they uh, there's a, apparently a terrorist plot to kidnap the first servant. He uh, the the crew of the Enterprise assist in protecting him, and then of course he gets kidnapped and then rescuing him. And uh, you find out this is, and this was such a great twist ending. And 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 the, the thing that got me on this was that in the original series they would have figured out some way to like, oh, well, let's not sacrifice the kid in order to run the planet or something like that. They, this was literally, oh no, the kid just the, the kid volunteered and he's doing it, and it, and it was horrible. Uh, but yes, the the first servant is apparently the battery for the living computer that runs the planet, and you know, I don't know, keeps the cities above the lava and ash. Yeah. And, um... Correct? Yeah. It's like Bespin, but not. This one, I just... This one was such a great, like, throwback with a modern take. I just... I, I really like this episode a lot. This is wow. based on a Gene Roddenberry script. It is based on a Roddenberry script. Unused Roddenberry script. This was my least of the ones we've seen so far. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry you have all this... Make- Advanced technology, you can't figure out how to keep your cities up with without plugging. And, and, and how do you know what happens when you don't plug them in? Well, what happens when you let the batteries die? Well, I'm just saying. The how, how do you know working. that? How do you know that? Well, obviously they did it. You have starships. You they can fly. How can you not keep a city up? It's so stupid. Oh, the kid's got to be plugged in. What what is, what is exactly is it drawing from him that's keeping the cities up? Kid juice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Well, what, I mean, what I think would be interesting if, if uh, 11 or 12 years from now, all of a sudden, uh, Alora and, and Pike's kid has to be plugged in there, because I, 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 I didn't see any intergalactic prophylactics on the counter when they were doing it, so... They used a phaser. Everybody knows this. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's called a force field. Isolated force fields. Field. <laughs> I'm just saying that that would make it interesting later on if it was Pike's kid. You can um, transport that out. Can you? Kyle, is that good? <laughs> no, because you couldn't get the transport to go through whatever the hell was interfering, which is convenient. It was a story of convenience, and I just kind of, oh, wait, a doctor who can figure out how to figure fix a doctor's kid. Wow, that worked out well, too. It was just all too convenient. 
and they never really explained what was why they needed the kid. I, I kind of thought the same way on that part. I thought you can't figure a way to keep the cities full. Move! No, How no, about it's fucking like, moving? No, and is it the whole planet? Does he power I mean, all cities, or is this just one isolated place they're at? Well, at least their explanation was, Alora's explanation was, we've tried everything to figure out how to get Have uh, they had the a computer. city crash uh, into the, uh, I mean... Perhaps they have, Keith. Did you see, you haven't seen the million-year history of the planet. Maybe saying, maybe they, they decided saying, one year, let's be merciful and not plug the kid in, and, uh, and they lost an entire continent, Keith. Maybe that's what happened to the other planet. Oh, the the, they, the, they, the, the planet the, is barely inhabitable. Yeah, where, that's where what happened. If you do, if it was you, a paradise. If yeah. you disagree with plugging the kid in, you have to go to the planet that died when you didn't plug the kid in. Possibly they should explain that. See, like I said, there was no explanation. Of any well, we just figured the ruinator, it out. isn't he? We just figured it out. I just it didn't, didn't even take this, us long. This is my least favorite episode so far. By far. I honestly thought there was going to be a big... Save at the end where they're going to save the kid. That's what I liked about it. And that's kind of why I thought it stuck in my mind a little bit that out of all, I mean, all the Star Treks, right? Next Generation, Deep Space, Original, Enterprise, you it's very, very rare where they don't, the good guy doesn't win. It's a downer downer ending that rarely happens on a Star Trek. Yes. And I think that's why it kind of is a very impactful episode, too. Plus, it's a kid. I actually like the the little kid and yeah, the, too. the actor that was portraying the kid, and he was nice, not only to the doctors. He was uh, super smart. He was super everything. smart. Yeah. He was challenging Spock. You know, I think yeah. that would be. And if he's that smart, and he's basically smarter than Spock, would well, anybody, the whole, the, the, did their, anybody ask him like, whole, "This is your fate. Figure a way out of this." Their whole uh, culture is smarter than Scott, Spock because they. They think, oh, this is rudimentary. But That's he, a state of art. No, this is crap. This is like a kid's toy. True, but he's supposed to be the pinnacle of, I'm just, of I'm, all of it. I'm just saying that that how can they not figure out how to keep this thing up? Or move. Wait a minute. Wait, you know what, wait a minute. Wait, a minute. wait, wait, wait. You know what? The, the question answers itself. If they are so advanced, you that move. they are so you go far to a advanced, planet. that they can't figure out how to do this, it means it has to be done. This is just the solution. I, so you keep arguing, well, why couldn't they figure it out? Well, what if it's just the solution? That is the solution. Would, that is what they figured out. Plug a kid in. That works. Okay. You needed a brain to be able to power it because there is no computer well, the, greater than a brain. Get the kid even glue over in the corner stick his head in there. <laughs> Well, well, except, why, why, kid, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry, that kid is running a comic store right now. <laughs> why, why, why get rid of the kid who could possibly solve this? Because, because Canton, Ohio needs a comic shop. <laughs> it's like, and, and, and the weapons, it, they oh, shoot, but fuck. then they use them as lances. I'm like, why don't you just shoot the guy? It was a classic, it's a classic Star Trek bit. Okay. I don't like the original series. Let's start with that. Is he fired from the podcast for that? No. Okay. no. I, I, I'll just never be on the Star Trek panel. That's your fucking Yeah, shit. that's... Well, they might put you on there. Just to laugh. <laughs> to throw shit at me. <laughs> uh, like... So, yeah. They're, they're so advanced that this is their solution. This is the only solution there is. So they have to do it. 
I don't. Do you have to stay on that planet? It's the only inhabitable planet you can ever use. It's a paradise. Why the fuck it's would a paradise. you leave? A paradise. Why the fuck? People live in Hawaii. It's a goddamn island. You stay there six months and you... The you, big island is a big volcano that goes off every once in a while. Yeah, you've done everything you can in six months there. But people live their whole lives. Because I like the surf. Okay, that's, You're not watching any more hillbilly movies. That's <laughs> okay. Wow, that, that's an example you would use. We don't have any Hawaii listeners. And we just lost our Canton, Ohio base. <laughs> Um, so we're down from 30 down to 29. Great, yeah. great job, Brian. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, I, that that was the solution that they came up with was this had to be it. But the kid was revered and treated well through his whole life. So it was obviously a trade-off. You, you get this great life. Your parents get this great life. You only live till you're 12. Yeah, but I don't think they told him that he was going to live till he was 12 because at the end where they, they're going to put him into the machine. Yeah, and when he sees and his he body sees coming bodies, out, and he's he like, out. then he figures it out like, oh, I'm going to die. I don't I don't think it was clear that I don't for think they the went, first, you're going to suffer yes. the rest of your short, short, short-ass life. Right. I don't, I don't think, think they told him, like, listen, you don't you know, know from five suffered. years old, you're only going to make it until 12. She said, she yes, he's going to suffer. Yes, he will. He's going to suffer a lot, she did yeah, say yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Oh. Which is why Pike was trying everything yeah, yeah. to get to the kid. You're not yeah. going to do this to a kid because he's going to suffer greatly. Yeah. For the rest of his short-ass life. So they like a year, isn't it? They only last a year. Yeah, cause I, don't know. I thought it was, they said it was an annual ceremony. They don't have rechargeable kids? Energizer. Fuck, get that thing in there. I don't know. You know, you could say some things take a 9-volt, some things take double A. Yeah. So this kid's just a triple A battery. Ooh. But you also, I also, thought, I also thought that, you know, they, they, they were not part of the Federation. They didn't want to be included with the Federation. But if, if the kid's life and they wanted to stop this cycle of always using a kid to power, you would at least join the Federation and ask for help. Hey, this is the problem we have. We don't want to keep using a kid every year and killing a kid to keep our planet alive. What other options can you guys come up with? No, because it was also part... You know, you can part... use Vulcan kids because they think it's logical and jump in there. It was also part of their religion. Well, and I think that's where some of this was based on religious fanaticism, right? Yeah. If you're... I think Roddenberry was probably trying to show, like, listen, if you get to the point where everything is just about, this is the way we have to do it. It's just our religion. We've been doing it. She couldn't even say how long, since the founding fathers yeah, did, yeah. right? That's what her point was. It becomes something where you don't even look at other options anymore. You're just following and sacrificing a kid because it's your religion now. I think that was a point he was trying to make in the original Thank script. you, Mike. Pulling, pulling the, the episode back from the jaws of the Ruinator put, over put, here. Put a force field over this? I don't know. I'm just saying. You know what? Sometimes a kid's got to die. Sometimes that happens. Man, Terry, you know. All right, well. Like I said. Keesley's favorite. Vulcan I liked it. would love that. They, they go, Mike, yeah, what did you think of this one? It was impactful. So I, I liked it from that standpoint. It kind of stood out. Um, I liked Pike trying to, kind of being blindsided that it's a kid. I liked Uhura 
figuring out that the other planet is actually the same people. Uh, even I kind of was thinking about that, like, oh, it's a little too convenient that this planet is going after the kid. But it, I really didn't, I thought they were going to save the kid. And I, it just the fact that he dies at the end is, it just makes it a memorable episode. For that alone, I'd probably have to say, yeah, I like the, I like the episode. Do I like I that like it's the a Donner episode? No. I like the father and, and, and his and realization I the, father the way was he good. came around. And he's like, yeah, this has to end. And, uh, you know, the actual fatherly instincts that took over as they got closer to the day. I think that you can't have this kind of discussion about anything on TV that isn't really, really good. I mean, it obviously hit us in a lot of different places. All kidding aside. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. You said kidding. I couldn't resist. <laughs> sure. It touches us. Excuse me for just one second. Ha 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 ha. That's my kind of setting laugh. Brian, continue your thought. Yours is better. So, uh, and I think it's what makes this series so good. It's what made the original series so good. You could have these throwaway fun episodes, but then you would have these episodes that really had a message. Yeah. This one really had a message. Oh, yeah, not a lot of Spock in it. That was made good, too. And not a lot of Spock in it. You can have episodes with not you a lot really of Spock You really do, just like shitting on things for I no reason. I don't, don't like you. Spock. I've never liked Spock. You can go back 30 years ago and talk to, to anyone who I've ever saw who mentioned Star Wars. And I'm like, Star Trek, sorry. And I'm saying, I don't, Spock was, Spock was boring. Spock was, would have been cool in Star Wars. No, he wouldn't have. That would have messed with my OCD. Anyways, that is the latest episode of Strange New Worlds. Stick with us on this one. We're still taking it. The Three Old Geeks are now on YouTube. Check us out there, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. If you can't find us, stop by our Facebook page to get a link. And while you're there, drop us a line and let us know what you think of the podcast. Tune in next week, same geek time, on all your favorite apps for all new, all different material. Thanks a lot for listening, and hey, keep on geeking on.